Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Okay, hopefully you have just listened to the previous Adaptation episode, which was part one of a three-part series regarding losing body fat for good. In that episode, we spoke about some naivety, some misdirection and lies we've been led to believe, and some food addictions we're dealing with that are putting ourselves in this position of this obesity epidemic we're plagued with. In this episode, part two, we now get into some practical principles and knowledge that we need to take control. So what are they? We'll be speaking about how you can calculate your calorie expenditure and therefore your calorie goals for losing body weight, how to think about your exercise and your movement in the context of losing weight, which and how many macronutrients you should be having, foods you should think about removing or at least reducing, and foods that you can absolutely add and or increase. And then lastly, to help bring that point home, we'll give you some meal ideas and some inspiration. And once you've listened to this episode, click straight into part three, which is the next Adaptation podcast, where we will provide you with our top 10 as it relates to practical tips and insights for losing fat loss, which is really the tactical implementation of this episode part two. As well as this podcast series on losing body fat for good, you can find the written form version on our website, adaptnation.io, under the articles section. We hope you enjoy. Adaptation. We all, a society, we are not all to blame. We've been purposely made naive in the pursuit of profit making and so forth. There's been misdirection and lies, and hey, these foods are addictive. Now we've got that baseline. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the basic principles of managing body weight. Yeah. That we can start to kind of, you know, create that foundation for change. Yeah. What's the first thing you've got? Calories. Calories, calories, calories. Calories are so important and calories um we have to figure out how many calories you burn in a day. That's moving, living digesting your food, just your overall calorie burn. Once we figure that out, then we can figure out how many calories you need to eat in order to lose body fat, right? So, yeah, and, and calorie, calorie burn it sounds complicated because you think, okay, age, height, weight, body fat percentage, how much do I move, how much do I exercise, how am I supposed to know mm. how many calories I need? Well, it really isn't that complicated, guys. You know, scientists, algorithms, test and retest type work has been done over the years to give us a fairly accurate, not perfect, but fairly good guide. And it's called TDEE. It stands for Total Daily Energy Expenditure. Yeah. And you just type that into Google. You'll get a calculator. There's one of many. Yeah. You type in the parameters of, I think it's age, weight, yeah. body fat percentage and you can get a kind of visual guide to work out yeah, what you are that's optional anyway you put these three or four things in and it will tell you how many calories and you also, as a man or woman should be eating yeah exactly and it gives you an option as well roughly how much you move do you 
do you train three to four times a week or are, are you, you mostly sedentary? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just a starting point, isn't it? It just gives you a number to start from. What's your number? Uh, my number's 3,000. Uh, and that's just below 3,000. And that's, you're not massive, but you move a lot. I yeah. think that's where your number's coming from. It's just that you move so much yeah. that the number's so high. Yeah, because if I put my height and weight in, because I'm not a big guy, my calories are actually quite low. But then when I put in, I'm actually quite active and I'm training five to six times a week. Then and you're training people constantly. Calories up. Yeah. So although someone may look exactly like me, the same body type, they might be more sedentary, so therefore they need a lot less calories. So it's just figuring out my wife's my wife's TDE I think is about seventeen hundred thereabouts. Okay. Yeah. Mine is three thousand one hundred. We vary massively, but yeah. you know, mine's a function of my training, uh, my age, my the, and Hi, mostly and because of my lean muscle mass. The more muscle you got, the higher TDE. Really yeah. basic. Go and find a calculator online. TDEE. So once you know how many calories you need, really just to survive and function and do what you do on a yeah. daily basis. It's really as simple as taking a percentage off of that. Yeah. So the guidance here, and there's some science to back this up, not just anecdote, but the guidance is as a maximum, you want to be aiming for 20% reduction from your TDEE. So if you're a 3,000 calorie TDE, if you've got a TDE of 3,000, that would be a 2,400 calorie budget, which is 600 calories less, 20%. Yeah. If you can do that per day, that would be the maximum, quote unquote, crash diet uh, you should go for, and you will you you will see a remarkable uh, change in your body and reduction in body fat if you can just sustain accurately at that level of percentage re- reduction. Going deeper than that, mm. there is some merit to it, but it's so much harder mentally and physically. Um, it can deplete your body of the things it needs to function optimally, and you can yeah. feel that. Plus, hey, it's not sustainable. And there's also studies to suggest if you go for a deeper restriction under 20%, you can actually uh, reduce weight less fast because there's some hormonal shit that yeah. tries to correct for that huge uh, reduction. So mm. try and aim for 20%, even a little bit higher, maybe only 15% reduction. Yeah. That's a good spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously you were talking about not being in a calorie deficit for too long so we need to start looking at maintenance weeks and what we mean by maintenance is meeting your TDEE so if mine's 3000 if that's what I burn on a day to day basis I'm going to match that by eating 3000 calories so I'm not going to put on weight and I'm not going to lose weight Okay, so that's my maintenance Every it varies for everyone but every 4 weeks let's say if you've been in calorie deficit for 4 weeks the fifth week you want to go into maintenance and give yourself a mental and physical break from being in a calorie deficit for too long um it's a stress on the body being in a calorie deficit um it's mentally fatiguing and you can't carry on like that forever so you have to give yourself a break so definitely throwing in maintenance weeks every now and then to kind of let your body um not adapt to the low calories is definitely a good option uh, yeah you're bang on man um it is absolutely taxing mentally yeah. to be on a restrictive diet plus you know, as we get through this episode, you'll understand some of the guidance in terms of foods you should be eating. It might be quite a change from what you're doing today, mm-hmm. but I don't want you to see those changes as a diet. I only yeah. see them as a sustainable way of eating for the rest of your life. And you need to experience that whilst you're not in a diet. Yes. So you do that for a diet period. And then as you say, once a month for a week or so, just give yourself a break, eat 
up to maintenance. You're not going to lose any weight, but you're not going to gain any weight either. Mm-hmm. Understand what it feels like to eat at your new level. Mm-hmm. Because once you stop dieting, once you've lost the fat you want, you want to stay at your TDE. Mm-hmm. You're above it, you're going to put weight on. Yeah. So understand what it feels like to be at whatever number keeps your weight constant. And do that once a month. It has it has a lot of benefit. It gives yeah. you longevity to keep going. And then just go back into your diet afterwards. Just keep dropping it in. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Um, strength training. And this goes for guys and girls. Obviously, um, your partner, Michelle, um, she's now hitting the weights, right? Yeah. Um, strength training is incredibly important when you're looking to drop body fat for long-term results and body shape. Um the reason it helps with body shape is because it's helping you to maintain muscle. Um, and, well, obviously when you're in a calorie deficit, you're not going to build muscle. Well, but say, you, say, you, you say obvious. Mm. I don't think that yeah. is obvious, right? So let's just be very, very clear on this because I'm, I'm getting so much uh, general feedback and just generally, I know things are changing slowly, but yeah. there's this... Ex- expectation that if I train like a guy I'm going to look like a guy mm. I don't want thicker waist I don't want thicker legs I don't want bigger arms I don't want abs so I'm not going to train I'm going to do my cardio thank you very much because yeah. I just need to lose I just need to lose the fat yeah. I don't need to get bigger here's the crux if you're in a calorie deficit if you're in a diet where you're having less than your TDE mm-hmm. you cannot you cannot put on muscle mass no you can't yeah. I know I've been there my wife has absolutely been there. She's not getting bigger at all. She's been training for a year, but she's mostly been on some form of slight deficit for most of that time. She's not putting any size. She's getting a little, you know, getting a little firmer and it's looking good and she's feeling stronger and all those benefits. But the reason why you want to strength train is not to build muscle when you're on a deficit. Yeah. The reason why you're training is to not lose what you have. Exactly. Because if you lose what you have, what's going to happen? Your, your metabolism is a function of all your organs in your body and how much muscle mass you have. Yeah. The more muscle mass you have, the more energy you burn per day, yeah. which means your me- metabolism is higher, which means your TDEE is higher. You reduce your muscles, you need less energy per day. Yeah. That might sound good. It isn't. Mm-hmm. If you're on a pursuit to lose weight, the last thing you want to do is become more efficient. If you want a body to be as demanded on energy every day as it, yeah. as it can be, and the way you do that is you maintain the muscle that you do have. Strength training should be at your core for every man and woman. It should be something that you enjoy, you find um, the the modality that works for you, you build it in as often as you can. It's functionally good, it helps you perform in general day-to-day life. Yeah. You learn how to pick things up with form, you protect your back, your bone density increases. But most importantly, you're not losing the muscle because if you do that, you'll be skinny fat. Yeah. And do you know what that I mean by that? Yeah. That kind of, I've lost weight, but I have no shape now. Yeah. 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 And that, that's what happens when you go on a big, big cut yeah. and you don't respect the fat, your muscles basically being eaten away. Yeah. Well, you see it all the time. People crash diet. They won't do any weight training. So they lose from a big restrictive calorie diet and not using their muscles. They just lose all, yeah, they drop body fat, but they lose all of their muscle just and flat and flat and, and then shapeless. they're tired shapeless yeah and then before you know it they put it all back on so for long-term results strength training should definitely be up last there. last point on this 
Um, people will notice that they're on a, when they're on a sustained diet, they lose a bunch to begin with. We'll explain why in a second. And then um, it tapers to the point that they just mm. don't lose any weight and they're still you know, they're on a restrictive diet. They're doing loads of cardio. What the fuck's going on? What's going on is as you get smaller, your TDE is going down. But as you lose muscle mass, your TDE is also going down. So you're getting to this point where you're becoming more and more efficient every week. Yeah. So now, the only way you can sustain weight loss when you become more efficient is you have to keep cutting deeper into that budget. You need to take more and more off. That number of 1,600 a week might have to go down to 1,500. Mm. And you have to keep dropping it because your body's becoming more efficient. You keep your muscle mass as high as it can be. That number will stay at that number while still giving you the benefit of losing fat. So yeah, hopefully we've laboured that point enough. Definitely. Uh, another thing to consider and add into your training routine, HIIT training, high intensity interval training. We don't recommend doing this all the time because we see it's been popularised by, uh, you know, the body coach, Joe Wicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and others. And others, yeah. Um, but I think he's one that everyone recognises as the sort of- the In hit, the UK the at least. King. Yeah, in the UK yeah. I suppose. Um, now HIIT is an effective way of burning a lot of calories in a short period of time it is, there's no doubt that it's an effective way to, to lower your body fat because it helps you get in a calorie deficit however you don't want to it's quite stressful on the body um, you don't want to you know you don't want to do HIIT training only and you don't want to do it five times a week we just recommend that you add it into your training, maybe once, twice, maybe three times a week, max. Um, but you can use it as a tool if you're short on time and want to burn some calories. HIIT training is a great way of doing that. And so this is the end of our kind of recommendations on calories. But the reason we say occasional HIIT training versus shitloads of uh, time on the cardio machines is this. Mm. HIIT training is sprinting, pausing, letting your heart rate recover, sprinting again. And when I say sprinting, it could be on a bike, it could be on a treadmill, it could be out in, out in the garden, it can be doing this kind of like more aerobic-based training. But there's yeah. all-out intensity with periods of recovery, and you do that cycling for 10 to 20 minutes, and that calorie burn is fairly significant because your heart rate is just so demanding on your body. Yeah. The reason why we suggest this over steady state is steady state cardio this idea of efficient running for an hour or plus is actually catabolic. It has yeah. a, the it effectively breaks down more muscle than it rebuilds. So through time, you'll lose muscle. If you look at marathon runners, you look at long distance runners, you look at their shape, they've got hardly any fat, they've got hardly any muscle either. Mm. And it's because their muscle through time, has their body is adapted. Like, you need me to run long distance every day. Yeah. What do I need to do to be as efficient in doing that? Well, holding muscle just makes me inefficient. Yeah. slows me down. So I'll get rid of as much muscle as I, as I can so you can go and run without as much effort. Yeah. You don't want that to happen. HIIT training, on the other hand, has actually got a me- mechanistic similarity to strength training because it's that high push. Yeah. Like if you're on a bike and you're doing 20 seconds of sprinting on a bike, you feel your quads are firing. Yeah, it's, it's like using the leg press. Yeah. So it's because of that stimulus is short burst and high heavy push, it creates a slight anabolic benefit, which means you're going to maintain the muscle. Again. Yeah, I tell you, if you want to do hit training, do it on an assault bike, an air bike. It's I've got one at home in my home garage. It's a bike with a big fan on the front. And it looks like a cross trainer on a bike together, yeah. right? And yeah. you can't adjust the resistance on it. It's just you just have to get this fan moving. 
Oh boy. <laughs> is it, it's, it, is it, it good? It's yeah? savage, yeah. I've nearly thrown up a couple of times. <laughs> I've just gone too hard, but it's so, so good for hit training. So that covers uh, the basics of calories. The next is macros. Macros, this is what you need to know. The first thing is, we've said it before, calories are king. Yeah. I want you to stop obsessing or demonizing any macro fats, carbs, proteins. Stop caring about eliminating one of those to lose weight. They all have their role. They all have their role. They're all important to a healthy body. And none of them make you fatter or less fat than others. Mm-hmm. Calories are king. That's why we've spent so long talking about how much you burn, understanding that, increasing it by doing exercise, and restricting your calories with food. What makes up that foodstuffs is by and large up to you. Protein, fats, carbs, don't villainize any of them. Treat them all with respect and don't think one of them makes you fat and one of them doesn't. The second point is to understand the calorie density for each of these macronutrients. So what we, we've got three types, carbs, proteins and fats. Carbs and proteins contain four calories per gram. So when you look at the back of the label and it says 20 grams of protein, that's 20 grams times four calories. That's 80 calories mm-hmm. within that protein source. Same with carbs. So they come with the same caloric density. The reason why fat's probably been demonized a little bit is because it comes with double that amount. Mm. So with fat, you get nine calories per gram of fat. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. You just need to manage that. You, you need, need to, to understand yeah, fats are never going to be your biggest macro yeah. consumption because they're the most caloric. But that caloric doesn't mean bad. It just means manage. you need to manage the caloric density. Yeah. So four for carbs, four for protein, nine for fats. The next piece is let's stack rank yeah. the macronutrients in terms of body priority. Optimizing your body yeah. and making sure it's fully functional. Protein, when um, derived back to... Uh, the ancient Greek term, I think it stands for the one or the most important one. Yeah. It is, without a doubt, the most important one. Why? Every cell, every organ, your tissues, everything that makes up the function of your body needs protein to do something called protein synthesis. This is the creation or the repair of that organ or tissue. Mm-hmm. And that's constantly happening. If you go on a fast, you can go on a fast for a certain period of time until you get to critical levels of protein. Fats and carbs are irrelevant. Mm-hmm. If you get to a certain percentage of total protein stores, un- under that point, your body starts to break down and die. Protein is critical. So and important. it's really critical when you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. So we our recommendation when you're when you're trying to lose weight is you want to map one gram um, of protein to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of total body weight. So if you're a 120 pound lady, you want to eat 120 grams of protein, up to say 140 grams of protein per day. Keep that high because it's satiating. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly important for your body. it can keep hunger at bay, same as fats, but maybe a little bit more actually. Yeah. 
Um, and it doesn't have the downsides because it takes longer to metabolize into an energy source. Every cell in your body needs it. Yeah. You really can't get enough protein. You can get excessive, but most people under eat on protein. So I would yeah. really focus on getting enough protein. Especially if you're a vegetarian or a vegan. It could be really hard. Important. Um, just to, the problem is if you are a vegetarian or vegan and you're deficient in protein and you're trying to um, maintain your muscle mass, you're going to struggle if you're deficient in protein. Uh, we need protein to help our muscle tissue and keep that muscle tissue whilst we're in a calorie deficit. Really important, guys. So and you, if you go to any um, respected leader in this space, they will all say the same thing. There's this idea that protein is for bodybuilders. That's bullshit. Yeah. Everyone needs protein. It's just so bo- they understand body, it. bodybuilders understand yeah. the significance of protein. And if yeah. they have enough and they have a, a caloric surplus and they train hard, they'll grow. Yeah. I'm not asking you to grow, uh, but I'm asking you to sustain optimal health and your muscles and be functional and be fulfilled and satisfied with your food. Protein plays that role. Yeah. One to 1.2 grams per body weight. Yeah. So you get that, you can times that number by four, that's how many calories you're consuming with that that, that uh, macronutrient. Yeah. The next important is surprising. Yeah. The next important macronutrient is actually fat. Yeah. The one um, that most people get rid of first. Yeah, I mean, if I speak to my mum or I speak to my sister or anyone else, and they say, I'm going to go on a diet. And, they, and they're being educated by me. Yeah. But then they show me what they're eating. Okay, so I'm going to basically have a stir fry. I'm going to have a salad yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a lean meat, right? It's going to be chicken, right? It's going to be, you know, a lean cut of a uh, of, of, of fillet or something like that. I'm going to try and, you know, not have any oils and butters and, you know, all the all the fatty stuff because it's a diet, right? Yeah. Low fat yeah. is a diet. That, that I'm Fry, frying everything, no oils. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it tastes yeah, like shit. Doesn't make you feel satisfied. Yeah. Might do for the first couple of meals. You try and do that for a few weeks. You're going to yearn for fat. Fat is important. Why? Yeah. It's not just it tastes good and it's and it it's satisfying and it's got a good mouthfeel. The reason why it does all of that is actually the beauty of nature. Mm. Fat plays a critical role. It's the backbone. Cholesterol and glycerol is the backbone um, of our cells and the, more importantly, the creation of our hormones. All hormones derive from fat. Yeah. So if you think about it, if you're on a very, very low fat diet, you are eliminating the source that creates your hormones. So whether you think about female masculine hormones or the general kind of uh, endocrine hormones that operate your you know, thyroid and you know, all your, all your um, organs, all of these derive from fat. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever felt shitty in a low-fat diet, it's because your hormones are fucked. Yeah. And hormones aren't just about how you feel or how reproductive you are. Hormones drive... They are the signal yeah. between every part of your body. Without enough hormone uh, hormones, there's not enough uh, hormones hitting the receptors to tell yeah. certain organs and certain tissues in your body to do what they need to do. If those messengers go, you will feel it and you'll want it back. Yeah. So fats are important. What... But you don't need to don't need to ham up in fats. I don't know. Depending on your ca- uh, calorie um, restricted budget you have, you might hit fifty grams. You may hit a hundred grams of fat. These numbers are absolutely fine. So you times yeah. that number by nine. So at the higher end, that'd be 
100 grams of fat would be 900 calories. 50 grams would be 400, uh, 450 grams, sorry, 450 calories. Yeah. And that's fine. Just yeah. account for it. So what fats, well, we'll get to that in a second, but really prioritize fats after protein. Yeah. And then the last, last is? Carbohydrates. Carbs. What, we shouldn't eliminate those? No. Car- carb suicide, isn't it called? When people have a load of carbs. Um, carbs are our main fuel source. And if you want energy, or sorry, if you're um, restricting your carbohydrates, be prepared to have low energy levels, right? If you have enough carbs within your diet, you're going to have enough energy to move, to train and do what you want to do. Um, So carbs are really important to give us energy. The more energy we have, the more energy we're going to burn because the more we're going to move, the better we're going to train, right? So... They're not the only way you can you can um, bring energy to your body. No, though. no. Without no. carbs, you can sustain. But I think the point you're making is carbs convert quickest to glycogen. Yeah. The high glycogen stores you have. Yeah. Within. It's our primary source. Within your muscles and your um, I think it's stored in the liver maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But the more glycogen stores you have, the more immediately available energy you have to perform. Yeah. Two things in my mind. Um, any kind of any kind of like high demand movement all of a sudden is going to require glycogen stores in your body if you're really low you try and do crossfit mm. on a very low carb diet it is going to fuck yeah. you i mean you are going to you're going to feel fatigued so quickly you're going to feel so low energy you're going to feel a lack of strength but also carbs are the only fuel source your brain uses yeah it you know we talk about ketosis we talk about protein your your brain only operates on carbs mm. now it can convert protein to carbs and it can do something similar with fats if it needs to but the the easiest way is mm. to consume carbs convert it to glycogen and have that as the fuel that operates your brain your cognitive function yeah. so your cognitive function your ability to perform if you go to the gym and you care just generally about having energy levels that mm. feel at the right right level carbs need to be there man yeah you you drop Very them important. you will feel a lack of glycogen you'll lose water water body uh, sorry water water weight yeah what have we got it um and by eliminating those two things or reducing them massively you're yeah. just going to feel it so carbs are okay but they're the least important because yeah. they're they're the, the quickest converted to energy so you get your protein you get your fats, you work out the calories associated to those two, and whatever you're left with based on the the budget you've set earlier, that's your allowance of carbs. Yeah. It might be 100 grams of carbs, it might be 250 grams of carbs. doesn't matter what that number is, and it doesn't matter. It really doesn't have a negative consequence. Yeah. What has a negative consequence is having shitloads of carbs that take you over your budget, your calorie budget. Exactly. So like we said at the beginning, calories are king. Your carb, protein, and fat, we can figure that out and manipulate that to optimize you dropping body fat. But as long as you're in a calorie deficit, that's the most important thing. Then protein, then fats, then carbohydrates. Um, everyone's different as well. So some people will be better, sorry, be better on a slightly higher carbohydrate diet. Some will be better on a slightly lower carbohydrate carbohydrate diet and that's absolutely fine yeah if you have that level of intuition where yeah you know that when you have high carbs you 
crash afterwards because your blood sugar is all over the place yeah. or you feel that when you have high carbs you end up getting hungry again too quickly you might just want to adjust you know just adjust the scales a little yeah, bit okay exactly. why don't I try and have my next meal where I have more proteins and fats and less carbs and let's see afterwards one is it satisfying two do I have the crash afterwards mm-hmm. and three you know how quickly after do I need food again and if yeah. you can find that right combination for you and everyone's different as you said it's great but the beauty is it doesn't matter yeah. do what works and do exactly. what's sustainable for you just stay yeah. within your calorie budget Cool. All right. So we have covered macros. Um, let's hit with some speed now, just to close out on this second part of the principle setting on foods that you should think about removing or adding. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with the the bad news first. Let's yeah. get rid of some of the stuff that isn't serving you. Um, oh man, the tasty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? There's so much other tasty yeah. stuff out there. there. Is, exactly. You just need to remove the addiction to some of this stuff. It. So the first thing, we've kind of played this already. Remove or reduce wheat and cow's milk. Mm-hmm. They're highly inflammatory for most people and they're highly addictive. Yeah. So if you can really try and control that, especially at breakfast, you know, instead of having pasta, maybe you have gluten-free pasta. It tastes about the same. It really yeah. does. Um, I think that would serve you well. That addiction addiction is what you're trying to get in control and inflammation is what you're trying to get into yeah. control. And you can do that by the elimination of these two alone. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong doing that slowly. I'm still trying to wean myself off of cow milk because I'm so used to having it. it. I can't just stop having it. So it's like I'm now having more almond milk and I'm now having more coconut milk. Still having some uh, uh, cow's milk in my tea but yeah, I'm, I'm getting there but that's tiny amounts right exactly yeah. it's, it's when people like you know knock back a, a pint of milk a day it's exactly just, it's not good for you man and yeah. I remember when I was younger when I used to have a lot of milk I didn't piece this together until I stopped drinking milk pretty much and this was early in my life I would just get a lot of phlegm and a lot of build up in my throat I always felt like I had to try and talk and, had to it. try and clear my throat all the time and it yeah. never went and I didn't know what it was but then when I stopped having so much milk all of a sudden it went so yeah. Yeah, you might be getting some of that shit, let alone just the, the diet control piece. The second is refined carbs and sugars. So, you know, the highly processed, um, you know, snacks and foods which contain a lot of carbs and sugars. I think this is pretty obvious. Yeah. Try and drop that down. Um, it's got that addictive quality. It feeds your candida and um, it's highly cal- calorific. So you're going to have some of this stuff and it's going to blow your budget so quickly. You're not going to feel so satisfied. So... You can drop this down as much as possible. Yeah. It leaves more room for more volume of other food. Um, next one is less obvious, but that's fruit. Everyone thinks I'm being healthy because I'm eating loads of fruit. Yes, fruit it has got some, uh, it's got good fiber and nutrients. However, as you call it, it's God's dessert, right? It's nature's high, dessert. Nature's dessert. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we still want it in our diet. But we don't want to consume it. Um, as much as we do in our diet if we're having it let's say you know three times a day four times a day and snacking on it all the time maybe just a couple times a week right so i know that there was this pop this popular recommendation you have your five a day of fruits and vegetables exactly, yeah. and as a result i think people hear that and go as long as i get five portions of fruit or vegetable i'm good the really that that recommendation should be five portions of vegetable with, yeah. the, with the odd fruit. And the reason why fruit is 
it needs to be limited is it's high in fructose and fructose um, gets stored almost immediately um, because it's, it's it amps up your glucose levels and it's a dessert it really is a dessert if you think about fruit as a dessert I know Anthony Robbins who's you know a massive um, guru for self-motivation and kind of like life change he wrote a book that called out a way to eat at the beginning of yeah. the day and he recommended kind of fruit smoothies a few years later once he was better he better understood you know creating alkalinity in the body and the impacts of having high fructose he actually went against his recommendation rewrote his book and said mm-hmm. I'm really sorry guys yeah. I made a false recommendation you shouldn't be starting your date with fruit every single day instead start your diet if possible with a green drink mm-hmm. and have fruit occasionally because it brings goodness but too much of it is just going to cause havoc in your body and yeah. it's very cal- uh, caloric when you when you just especially if you have things like orange juice because with orange juice they've removed all the fiber yeah. you've removed the the response of I've eaten enough and you can neck you know a pint of orange juice that might be like 15 oranges yeah you can never have 15 oranges yeah, yeah. but you can neck it back like that and that's just so many calories and so it's much sugar everybody to deal with yeah so that's a good one <clears throat> Anything else on the remove? potatoes and rice? I think you'll be good um, when to talk about this because you love a sweet potato. <laughs> so with with potatoes and rice, look, guys, I'm not asking you to remove these. I'm asking you to control your consumption because pa- potatoes are quite often cooked in fries or chip form. Yeah, and that's you know we know that's not particularly great. Potatoes don't really come with a lot of nutrient density but they do come with quite a high caloric density yeah especially when cooked in oils um and people feel that they need it to f- complete a meal there's alternatives yeah. to potatoes we'll talk about those in a second but rice is a similar thing rice has got next to no nutrients mm. but it has high caloric density that's why bodybuilders have it you know they have lots of rice because it just bumps up their carb intake um it doesn't really come with anything else so Potatoes and rice are fine. They're not going to cause inflammation in your body. Um, They're not in their own right bad. But think about exchanging potatoes potatoes and rice, if that's your daily go-to. Exchange them for other things every once in a while. Mm. And use them more of as as a treat than a daily staple. Yeah, definitely. Whenever I have rice, I I want to put my head on the desk and fall asleep. It's just hard-loading, isn't it? It really is. crash after... That covers it for the removal. There, there are some other things that can likely cause inflammation in people, like tomatoes and peppers, sometimes onions, yeah. uh, beans. But we're not going to go there because that really doesn't serve the ca- yeah. calorie deficit thing. That's more just around optimal and These health. are the small rocks, right, when it comes exactly. to weight loss. So Do now let's talk about the things you can have. Yes. Okay. So um, first one, again, we have to find some alternatives for vegans, but the first one, highly recommended, we've evolved to accept and uh, thrive on this, and this is animal meats. And I'm also gonna chuck eggs in there as well. Yeah. So any type of meat, fishes, you know, beef, um, chicken, um, you name it. You go across most of the like common um, animal meat products that you can get in your supermarkets today, they're all good for you. They come with Lots of protein. Uh, some of them come with quite low low fat, so their their calorie density is relatively low. They come with creatine, which is really important for the um, your energy stores and your muscles. Um, and yeah, they just help bring in the most important macro. 
yeah. protein more than anything else. And it comes with a full blend of essential and non-essential aminos. Yeah. So get as much of this into your... I think about... Okay, you don't have to have a kind of an animal-based meal every every meal, but try and think about most meals containing some animal uh, meat product just because it's going to give you that protein. Yeah, I don't think people realise the amount of nutrients you can get from your meat. There's a, there's, it's very nutrient-dense, especially something like a steak, for instance. Um, but I, I would recommend getting good quality meat. Uh, personally, I go to the butchers to get all my meat and eggs and try and avoid going to the, the large supermarkets and where it's going to be more mass-produced meat, right? Yeah, and again, that's more optimization versus calories. Yeah. From a calorie and macro perspective, you can get anything, any old cheap stuff, but yeah, there's a consequence of buying cheap yeah, stuff. You exactly. are fueling an industry which is serving these animals really poorly. And, you know, they're pumping them with antibiotics and, you know, they've got infection and they're growing too quickly. And, yeah. hey, I, I just don't like to support that. Um, and I, I know that eating organic and free it. range, you're going to get a better quality yeah. meat. But that's less about calories and weight loss. Exactly. Fibrous veggies. Yes. Um, I, I don't think we need to go into that too much because everyone knows why we need vegetables. Vegetables are important. Um, a lot of nutrition um, comes with, with vegetables. We can't really overconsume on vegetables, really. Um, it's going to be hard to overeat on vegetables, especially when it comes to calories, because they're very um, they're not calorie dense food. Um, so think about it this way, right? When I calorie count, mm -hmm. and when you put in things such as I don't know mushrooms or asparagus or broccoli, uh, leeks, there's a whole bunch of vegetables I have, but I can, you know, I try and I try and be rather anal. Everyone yeah. can be different on calorie counting I like to be relatively precise yeah but it doesn't matter because yeah. if I'm 40 grams or even 100 grams that's a massive difference between a certain food yeah but when it comes to fibrous veggies like those green veggies we've spoken about it goes from like 10 calories yeah to 20 calories exactly it's hardly any difference yeah. and they're loads of volume they fill you up they've got prebiotic benefits means they feed the good bacteria in your gut and they've got all these nutrients that your body needs to thrive. Yeah. They're just so good for you. And if you cook them right, get the right fat blend in yeah. there, um, get the right combination of flavors on your plate, oh my God, they can taste amazing. Mm. Amazing. And yeah. uh, you just gotta find find a way to fall in love with those flavors. Exactly. And once you do, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll realize all the benefits of eating good food. Yeah, exactly. Um, being smarter with the starches. Sweet potatoes, baby. Sweet potato all the way. Um, <laughs> Do you eat sweet potato every day then? Or nearly every day? Like how often do you have them? Um, no, I don't eat it every day. I mean, I have I have like baby potatoes. Yeah. Um, I have rice. I have noodles. Um, from a starchy, starchy uh, carb perspective, that's probably it. And then yeah. the big one is sweet potato. Yeah. Now, we've said try and eliminate... No, not eliminate. Try and reduce your white potato consumption. It doesn't actually apply for sweet potatoes. Now, if you're really bad at processing carbs, you know, an insulin spike is an insulin spike, and hey, sweet potatoes do cause that, but they don't cause it as much. Yeah. So people that might feel really lethargic and want to sleep straight after food when they have potatoes, they may feel less of that when they have sweet potatoes. Yeah. But the great thing with sweet potatoes is they they do have slightly less calories, they have much more flavour. And they are absolutely brimming, I mean brimming, full of vitamins and minerals. They're really so good for you. Mm. They're, they're this kind of 
unsung hero hero they're widely available they're cheap they can come in all shapes and sizes yeah. and um you can cook them as diversely as you can cook potatoes yeah you know wedges fries mash um you know you know little mini mini roasties just you name it yeah you can cook it just as effectively as 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 potatoes they have a similar mouthfeel and i think they taste better yeah they're just they're they're an interesting food to add so definitely try and add those what about healthy fats then yeah healthy fats i mean you kind of covered that earlier right where you're saying um how it's how fats are important for our hormonal function within the body it's going to help our body function properly um so we don't want to scrimp on fats we need them in our diet so you will get you will get fats from salmon and and your meats but then you want to supplement that because it's probably not going to be enough exactly with the likes of the popular ones today avocados yeah avocados are great Uh, they're they're the only fruit because they are fruits they're the only fruit that there isn't a restriction on you can have avocados every day i just wouldn't suggest you have apples and mangoes and strawberries every day mm. just because they're so high in sugar you know avocados aren't because they're not yeah. they're not sweet exactly. but they are fruit yeah have a load of oh. them they are cal- cal- calorie dense so don't eat tons a day but include them good yeah. fats coconut butter really really good for you they have medium chain fatty acids which yeah. are um, broken down in your body optimally and provide energy source and a lot of other benefits and then you go things like avocado oil, rice bran oil, grass-fed butter, nuts, yeah. the fats in, say, salmon and red meat. They're your typical go-to fat yeah. sources, right? Try and stay away from your sunflower oil and your um, short-chain yeah. fatty yeah. acids and, you know, the, the kind of fats that you know you shouldn't really be going to, the ones especially that they're blended with lots of sugar. Yeah. And try and stick to the ones we just said. Yeah, definitely. Um, sweet treats. Something sweet after dinner. You, you, you don't, lo- you you like don't have to have, to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it because we're talking about fat loss, we're talking about calorie consumption as the king. We just, and now we're kind of moving more into health, right? Because we're just saying that to be optimal, you just don't want to over, over consume on these foods that are bad and, and maybe add more of these foods that are good. Um, sweet treats, you can have the treats that you like. But there are alternatives also, like dark chocolate. I love, well, you you have dark chocolate after your dinner, which I started doing now. It now stops me from over-consuming on sugar because mm. I love dairy milk. I love it. But now I'm starting to get a taste of dark chocolate and it means that I'm now consuming less sugar, but I'm still getting that hit that I want after dinner. And it's, for me, it's fantastic. Well, they, option. they say that cacao is actually um, really loaded with antioxidants Yeah flavanols and things that are really good for your immune system mm. yeah so um, the kind of cocoa in the chocolate is great yeah. problem is the chocolate most of us consume today is milk chocolate which is mostly milk yeah. and mostly sugar and other shit it's okay. got hardly okay. hardly any of the cacao so if you go for a dark chocolate like a 70 percent dark chocolate blend um there's a great one that you introduced me to, which is that um, salted caramel one from Green and Blacks. Mm. It's amazing. It's lovely, isn't it? And I'll tell you what, once you start getting a flavour for a dark chocolate, don't go super dark like 90% because that's really bitter, but 70% plus, you will, you'll get that bit of sweetness, but that richness of the cacao. You then try and go back to a milk chocolate yeah. and it just tastes a bit too processed. Yeah. So you can get your sweet from there. Um, 
And what I actually like doing is I like mixing a little bit of sweets with fat, uh, sugar with fat as a dessert. So I like to have um, my dark chocolate <laughs> dipped in almond butter. Okay. Is it like peanut butter? Yeah, yeah. And in doing that, for me, because I know I process fats well, combination of, you know, not particularly calorie dense, just a couple of teaspoons of almond butter with a few blocks of the dish chocolate, it just does it for me, man. It it closes the door. I imagine that's quite filling as well. Yeah, a couple of hundred calories, two, three hundred calories if I've got it available. And I can go smaller if I want to. Yeah. And it, it's filling, it's satisfying, it's got that nice mouthfeel. And then... I'm done. I close the door on my, my, my need to eat for the rest of the day. And I don't feel the need for anything else. So yeah. please don't think if you're on a diet, I can't have chocolate. I can't have the, you know, I've got a sweet craving. You will. You can reduce that. Yeah. But chocolate isn't a bad thing. So think think about that. Or there's some other stuff that you can have. But I wouldn't like have loads of fruit at night because that's not necessarily serving you. Definitely wouldn't go to like, you know, the Snickers bar or the, you know, massive ice creams at night. Because again, yeah. it's going to be so calorie dense. Find alternative ways to get your hit without being so yeah. uh, c- calorie demanding. Yeah, just look for alternatives. The last couple I've got, and we're closing on this piece, is um, condiments. So a lot of people may need <laughs> ketchup yeah. or, um, I don't know, barbecue sauce or stuff like that. Add to their food. To, add, to bring flavour. Yeah. I disagree. If you have good foods, I, I think that takes away from the good You learn to appreciate it, don't you? So... One, maybe try and check check yourself if you're having too much ketchup. But ketchup is absolutely brimming, full of sugar. So much sugar in there. And tomatoes can be inflammatory to some people, but it's mostly the sugar piece that I've got a problem with. Yeah. So what I recommend is think about alternative condiments that bring you that kind of wetness and that sauciness yeah. and that extra flavour combination without... Sounds a bit raunchy. <laughs> Without being overly cal- caloric yeah. and maybe bring some goodness. Yeah. For me, my go-to is hummus. Oh, my God. Yes. It's like it's, I just get so excited when yeah. I've got a plate full of hummus <laughs> with, with my food. It just It's just so tasty, I, man. I find hummus is not overpowering, so you can still enjoy what you're eating. Hummus goes with everything. Oh, well, at least for me. And yes. Me. And I'm, I literally get through like a tub a day. I, I just bang on the it hummus. Can be, it, it can be. It brings with it a few calories. So yeah. you don't want to go You'll be aware crazy. Of that. Exactly. But it's lovely, man. So I, so my go-to condiments. So I don't, you know, don't reach for uh, the barbecue sauce or ketchup anymore. Are things like um, hummus, go-to number one. Um, go-to number two is probably like a sheep's yogurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to the cow variety. I'm going to sheep's, which don't have as many of the, the kind of mutations and so, problems. So what do you do with that? Do you add it into like your no, curries and stuff? No, or? just a dollop. It's yeah. it's quite thick set. So a dollop of that on the side, just okay. a little dipping sauce if I want. Nice. Um, and I don't mind a bit of mayo as well. Yeah. You know, mayo's good. Mayo's eggs, right? Eggs and oil. So if you get a good mayo, yeah. mayonnaise, it's perfectly fine as a little dipping sauce. And then with your tuna or something. And then maybe a bit of Tabasco if yeah. you want a bit of spice. Those things are great. Bring flavour and don't bring all the kind of all the problems with things like ketchup. And what I would say is that a lot of people are unaware of the going back to calories quickly is is with condiments, people don't realise the calories that come with it. So they go, Yeah, I've been within my calories. But they haven't tracked but they the, haven't tracked the four um, tablespoons or tablespoons of ketchup which is now an extra 400 calories which actually could have been your calorie deficit for that oh, day damn right. so that's just something to, to be aware of right such so, a good such a good point there. and I also maybe like lean on butter a little bit more so instead of maybe loading up my sweet potato 
with a load of extra stuff. I might just yeah. go, actually, if I just make it buttery enough, give me what I need. I don't actually need any other sources or flavors in the plate. It works. Yeah, perfect. And then the last one for me on this is, you know, if you really want to amplify the benefits of what you're trying to do, think about some foods that are actually going to serve you really well. The three top list superfoods, highly rated, all the rage are beetroot, turmeric, and sauerkraut. Beetroot, massive antioxidant, anti-cancer, um, helps cardiovascular performance. Turmeric, similar qualities. You find that normally in Indian food is mm -hmm. that kind of orange uh, spice. Yeah. Goes great in things like eggs and you can put it over many different foods. It brings a bit of spice, loads of health benefits. And then lastly, sauerkraut, which is fermented cabbage. Yeah. It's an acquired taste. It's a bit salt and vinegary, like salt and vinegary is, yeah. chips. Yeah. And I've grown to really enjoy this and this is so good for your gut. It's a very potent flavour, isn't it, with your dish? The, the Germans love sauerkraut. You know, they'll have that. British do as well, I think. Yeah. And it's just, it's great. It's, it's cheap. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it comes with no calories. And it's got this really good fermented benefit for your, your gut that just yeah. kind of calms your gut down and gives it what it needs. So, guys, what we have covered is the level set across um, the things that are holding this back. Naivety, misdirection and addiction. We then spoke about the principles on how to think about managing your body weight, which is the calorie piece, the macro piece, and the foods that you should either amp up or lower. We will cover in the episode that runs straight after this on the last piece, which are some tactical top tips and insights that when understood, will make the things we've just said a little bit easier and give you some practical applications to deploy this new knowledge. Yeah. So we'll cut for now. And we'll jump straight into that third piece, which will be in the next episode. Yeah. We'll catch you on the other side. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.